I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, September 2, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have in front of us? The obvious. We're in the midst of a melt-up. It's a continuing melt-up. It's not new information. It's just what's in front of us. The duck happens to be melting up. Nevertheless, we have stuff on the docket today. I have charts. I have charts we haven't seen before. I have stuff we haven't discussed before. First, let's cover what jumps off the page. What jumps off the page is nothing different than it's been on the page for the last several, and I mean several, sessions. The market's on a grind. It's on a melt-up. It's headed for a destination. Where is that destination? Well, we're going to start to zero in. We don't necessarily know to the penny, to the dollar, where the destination is in the S&P 500. We're in no man's land. But there is something becoming painfully apparent. We never look at the Dow chart. Not that other people don't look at it. I don't look at it. So we never look at it together. But now's the time when I think it'd be beneficial to bring up the Dow. Now, forget the fact that they did some swaps in the Dow recently, three stocks out, three stocks in. As those particular stocks are melting up, it's certainly having an impact on the Dow, but everything is melting up. So can we really point to those stocks? I don't think so. But what we can point to is the previous highs in the Dow, and we've yet to get there. So the Nasdaq's been at new highs for a while. The S&P's at new highs. The Dow is now just approaching its previous high, which was 29,568 spot 57. So what's the story here? Do they have another 1,000 points in the Dow? Are they going to finally get to 30,000? Are they going to get to the old high? Are they going to breach or exceed the old high? All these are questions on the table. Right now, as far as the eye can tell, this is a big part and parcel to the current melt-up. I think the Dow's headed for a destination. I think everything's melting up. I think this is the one that's headed to a specific number. The Dow doesn't want to be left out. Everything else is at new highs. Well, we shouldn't say everything else, but in terms of the S&P and the NASDAQ, the three horsemen, if you will, the Dow's the lone index that has yet to exceed its previous high. So here we are. We're getting there. Thought it was worth a mention. In S&P terms, well, what's the next real big important target, if you will? This is the ES contract. We're using the daily chart, and what we see here is we're at 35.79. So what's the next logical area of overhead resistance? Well, it's going to be 3,600. Maybe it's a few points in front of it. Maybe it's a few points over on top of it. Maybe it's on the button. But either way, somewhere in that zone is the next area of overhead resistance. But here's the deal. It's a natural area. We don't have a point of reference from the past. So all we have is one thing. It's the next big fat round number. They're not as important as they once were. After all, we were just at the previous big fat round number of 3,500, which was a real, real important number. It's really more important than 3,600 
It's in between 3,000 and 4,000. It's the 50% mark. So it just has slightly more importance than 3,600 as far as I'm concerned. But keep in mind, I'm a numbers guy. Not only will 3,600 be resistance, but at the same time, those kind of numbers tend to act magnetic and will draw price up to the number, which is really what's going on now. I mean, after all, the S&P was up $5. The SPY was up over 5 bucks today. The ES was up over 50 handles today. It's silly. It's in the redonkulous. But it doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what I think. doesn't matter what you think. doesn't matter what Cousin Jimmy thinks. What matters is where price is. Price is the absolute. The market is right 110% of the time. We covered that yesterday. So what do we have on the daily chart? We have a melt-up. We have the next area, which in the SPY term is 360. If, in fact, the market was red in the morning, trading lower, if anybody remembers what that feels like, the area of support is, A, the gap left open from yesterday, and slightly lower, which is really the last or most recent area that would be considered the breakout area. So what do markets like to do? They like to come back and test the former breakout and former breakdown areas, the area around 351, 350, even as high as 352 qualifies. Here's a little bit of a short hop. We're looking at a five-minute ES chart, the futures chart. Right of the vertical represents today's activity. 3543, the horizontal, represents the area that was put on the board right about 8.30, give or take, a.m. this morning. Wasn't the only time it was put on the board. Just saying, we're going to work backwards here. Wasn't necessarily the low of day. However, let me point something out. Here's a 60-minute chart. Now, only one candle of the day on the hourly chart closed around that number. Guess what? The close was 35.44. The point is, that number was important. I knew the number. Traders were told that number, and it was also converted into the SPY. Let's take a look. Here's your five-minute chart on the SPY. Same deal. Here's the area, 354 and a quarter down to 354. Now, the market did dip a little bit lower than that, but that was the spot. Early thoughts inside the numbers. What do we have? This is put on bright and early. We have another gap up at the open. Remember, this is before the opening bell. These early thoughts are on about 9 o'clock. Some of the earlier stuff is on earlier. So we need to be aware of the gap left open from yesterday. That's an awareness. That's something we just need to have in our back pocket as a just-in-case. What else we got? If they're going to stay bullish, we'll see support at around 35.43 to 35.35. It's a wide zone, but it's what we had from the overnight activity. It is what it is. By the way, remember this chart? 35.35 also represents just about within a tick or two the low of day. You see how this stuff can be valuable if you're attentive to the numbers, if you're active during the day, how do you not participate inside the numbers? All right, let's move it along a little bit and let's check out the rest of the commentary as the morning gets going. By 9.35, we already had some profit in the pocket if you're painting by the numbers in home. We'll get to that. It's from Stocks on the Move. 9.39, traders that picked up the SPY or ES in the support area, that's the support area cited in the morning. So they do an early shakeout. And what I'll do is I'll scroll up the notes and you can pause the video 
read them and go back to the chart. I urge you to double check the work. But they do an early shakeout operation. They're going to bounce around a little bit. It's an opportunity if you know where the support area is or supposed to be under normal garden variety market conditions, then there's a pretty good chance you're going to get a trade or two out of it. Let's move it along and see what else we have. Now we have 354.50 is resistance and the gateway to 355. Now, on the way back up, you can see, and these horizontal lines have changed, 354.50 to 355. So we're talking about what is the resistance zone. What was it? The resistance zone. The post was about a quarter after 10 or a little before that. Here, doesn't get up there till 10.35. Now check this out. 10.17, 354.69 is the high of day. They should spike it at least. Could take some time. 354.50 should be resistance still. So what happens? They make a new high. Once again, it was resistance, so they come back down. Moving right along. Now, we're angling for the overnight highs at this point in time. It's early in the day. We have to have a target. So what I'm saying here at the 1024 post, they should get to 355. And we're saying they should eventually, you can hold some, get to 35.56 and a quarter, which was the ES overnight highs. What's that in the SPY? 355.60. They ended up doing all that and a whole lot more. Moving right along. 10.37. They'll eventually pull back. 354, 354 and a quarter is support. Remember, 10.37. So we're back on the chart. That post was 10.37. Here's the candle ending 10.35. 10.40. Now guess what? We're talking about 354 and a quarter down to 354. So right when they first get there, they split the difference. They split the uprights and come up right in the middle pretty much and had a nice 8, 9 point ES bounce, 80, 90 cents in the SPY, making a high of 354.86. Little bit of a rope-a-dope shakeout operation, back down, test the lows, take off to the upside, don't look back. Now, we don't know that they're going to not look back and keep going all day long in an all-day sucker type of market, but we had the early support, we had the early resistance, we had the support thereafter, and I think that makes for a pretty good day. Moving right along. As the morning wanes on and they get closer to lunchtime, the volume gets light, the participation starts to wane, and you get into a chop shop formation. Light volume, quiet markets... What is that? That speaks to the path of least resistance is sideways, if not higher. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to see what happened after the notes were posted. Little reminder here, the trend is your friend until it's over. That's the driving force. The trend is up. Something's drawing the market higher and you can't fight the trend. This is why we've been saying forever we have to wait for a sign and signal or signal of a trend change. We haven't got one. How many traders do you think have tried to short the market? How many have gotten a conveyor belt of pies in the face? And by the way, speaking of that, remember what we discussed the other day. Remember Megaphone Monday? Remember the Megaphone pattern? I was getting email after email about that trend line on top, about the Megaphone, all that stuff. Not to say the market won't come down, but I suspect that's a contributing factor of why we're continuing to melt up. Too many people already looking for the short. Remember, the market's job 
is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. What it really tries to do is make sure that the least amount of participants are in for the biggest part of the next move. That, my friends, is the way the market works. Moving right along. Pause the video, read the notes. You'll see it's pretty much on par with the melt-up operation. We found the support. They never look back. We had one more opportunity to get long for those traders that wanted to get long. You see this 155 post? Where is the nearby support? 356, 355, 60. That's a zone. Back to the chart. You see as the day goes on, you see the horizontal lines moving up. 356 down to 355, 60. Well, guess what? Right here at 205 p.m., the low is... 355.81, again, splitting the uprights. Know thy numbers. Remember, that post was at 155, 13.55 for you home gamers out there. Guess what? The market came right into the zone after the post, moving right along. 205, there's your support in the zone and the bounce. Traders who took the trade under 356 should book some profits along the way. Could they get back to the highs or even higher? Why not? Just don't let the rest, meaning the rest of your position, go negative on you. Moving right along. And that's it, right? Check out the last post of the day. Time is more important than price. Traders who gave the S&P some time to trade away from the support around 356 were rewarded by a move back toward the highs. Now remember something. Stocks on the move. We talk about this all the time. Those stocks are headed to a destination. Same goes for the S&P or the IWM or the Dow or anything else. They're headed to a destination, whether it be on a short-term, intermediate-term, or longer-term basis, everything's heading to a destination. So, for example, if I'm saying, here's a support area, they hit the support and they begin trading away from it, guess what? That was the destination. And you can see what happened throughout the notes today. Know when to fold them. See you in tonight's video. What about stocks on the move? We had two stocks hit price targets today. Home says jump target, but we had three targets. It jumped the first one. I don't have a sophisticated enough program to do it the other way. The second one is AU. Let's check out the charts. We'll start with home. Jump the first target. 1865 was the first number. The next two was 1804 and 1750. Can make an equal case. It could have been either number. So we split the difference by half at one, half at the other, and you can see what happened. As soon as they found stability, they started to rip back up to where? The first number. How funny is that? What does that tell you? It tells you that number was still important, it just wasn't the destination at the opening bell. So what do you got? You got an average price of 1777, no accidents or coincidences, and what happened? Minutes later, the stock makes a high of 1885. Could it have kept going? Yes. Did it? No. That's why we book profit along the way. This way, after the first profit is taken, you turn the trades into what? Risk-free, emotionless trades. You never know which ones are going to give you the base hit, double, triple, home run, or even the grand salami. How about Anglo Gold, AU? This was the other one on the board. 2821 was the number on the board. Never got to the second number. Took a while to get going turned out to be one of those all-day suckers. 
Again, not the easiest trade on the board, not the best trade on the board, but they never really gave you much trouble. Yeah, dipped down a quarter, 30 cents, stuff like that, and then finally got going to the upside, gave you the deal. We do this day in, day out. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Above the moving averages, and it's starting to look like one of these. You have a move higher, you have an eating time off the clock, bullish, flaggish, wedgish type of consolidation. And what are they doing? They're actually breaking out to the top side. Daily chart, bullish. Weekly chart, and we looked at this one the other day, we've got the same or similar scenario. We've got a flagpole and we've got a flag waving in the wind on the weekly chart, building energy to do what? To get over or at least to this breakdown candle high. Call it 162, 163 in that zone. Maybe they get above and fill the gap. Maybe they don't. The longer they don't do it, the longer they just eat time off the clock and run sideways. So for example, let's say they ran sideways for another three, four, five, six weeks. Then the odds would be that they were going to make a run for the gap. If they broke out now, like this week, like they're trying to do, the odds are not that they're going to go get to the gap the odds are they're going to get to the breakdown candle high and likely find what? Overhead resistance. That all goes in concert with time is more important than price. It comes in many more forms than just one. Now check this out. This is the RSP. We're going to go back to the daily chart. What you'll see here is it's actually breaking out, breaking up, and we saw a broadening of things today, up 1.78% in the RSP, which is the equal weight S&P index, against the SPY, which is the not equal weight, which is the top-heavy index, up 1.45%. So it's interesting. All of a sudden, we're seeing a broadening as the market goes higher. On its face, that's not bearish. That's bullish. It's an awareness. It's a puzzle piece, and it's on the table. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Same routine. They're breaking out or continuing to grind up. However you want to look at it, it doesn't matter. Here's a weekly chart. Where are they headed? Up to these highs up here. 11,575, 11,550, 11,600. Somewhere in that neighborhood, that's where they're going. Guess what? These are the highs. So like the Dow, this is another market that didn't make a new high, but they can make a new high. They're working on a new high. Will they make a new high? We don't know, but this is what we've got in front of us. We're doing the analysis. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. How about this one? So the NASDAQ was actually getting killed earlier in the day. Got some emails, appeared from traders looking to hop on board on the short side. Don't know if they did or they didn't. All I'm saying is, look at this reversal finishing not at the highs, but pretty darn close to the highs. It's on a melt-up, it's overbought, it's overextended, there's no measurement for that, it could stay like that until it doesn't, therefore, party on, we move it along. Financials, XLF, what have we talked about? We talked about them building energy to try and get through the 200 period moving average, and if they're going to do that, then they're likely going to bust through this high over here, the high is 25.77, and then they're going to target something else back here. There's another gap at 26.67, right in this candle here. So that would be the target over the 200 period moving average. 
They've grinded underneath the 200 period moving average for quite some time. It's not just this part here. It's the fact that they tried it. They pulled back, recocked the gun. Here they come again. It's not this high they're after. It's this up here that they're after. It's that gap. That's where they're headed. Of course, they have to get above, close above the 200 period moving average if and when they do. And frankly, it's really not the 200. That's really not the issue. It's this high. It's 2577. That's the number that they have to get above to get to the next spot. That's the way it works. What about Smash Mouth? Up 2.65% today. Anything wrong with this market? No, it's also on the melt-up. It will end. It will reverse. All that stuff whenever final destination is reached. But right now, it's on a melt-up. It is what it is. If the semiconductor space is strong, it's a good proxy for the tech sector. So until the semis crack, don't expect the tech sector to crack. Remember... We have the Labor Day holiday weekend. Everybody's off on Monday. The market's closed on Monday. Leading into a holiday weekend, especially the one at the end of the summer with the summer doldrums, this is something we talked about. We talked about, can the market trade up into the holiday weekend? Well, we're halfway home. We'll see what happens Thursday and Friday. At the end of the Labor Day weekend, not necessarily the next day, but generally speaking, this is going to mark the end of the summer doldrums. We should see some volatility come back to the market. We should see some volume come back to the market. We should see some events mean different things than all news is good news. Let's just climb the wall of worry. Things will change. You have to wait for the market to do it on her own time. We never impose our will on the market. The market doesn't care what you think, doesn't care what I think, doesn't care, remember, what Cousin Jimmy thinks. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, the videos are not possible. That is absolutely true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today, so I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.